Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me, as always, is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Uh, is it still countdown to Kenobi? Are we? Yeah. Yes. Th- that's still what we're doing. Yes. Sweet. I'm pretty sure it doesn't air before we post this. Ah, so yes. Dang, you're right. <laughs> oh. Although every, every week I'm getting a little more antsy. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I feel you on that. Um, we have uh, we we've been for the past few weeks kind of being a little Kenobi centric, as most of you who listen probably know. Uh, and for everyone else, Kenobi obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> eh, maybe just maybe just a little bit. But uh, this week we are going to go K- Kenobi adjacent, I would say. <laughs> uh, so we're we're going to talk a little bit about the the approaching storm, which is a a Clone Wars, well, like kind of like a prequel book, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that that's that's what we'll go with. Um, let's see here. Released. January uh, 29th of 2002. You believe that? 2002. It's pretty hard to believe this is a 20-year-old book. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, author Alan Dean Foster, who mm-hmm. uh, i actually taking a peek now. I know he's done some other Star Wars stuff, but boy, if I... Well, he actually has a lot of, a lot of writing credits. He, he's done... Uh, the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. He's done Star Trek stuff too, mm-hmm. or he's had some credit in some of the stories. I'm I'm scrolling. <laughs> There's a lot. He's uh. Oh, he did the Force Awakens book. Did he? Force Awakens book. I'll be darned. Hmm. Yeah, this page is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all wonky with Mike. Keeps jumping back to the top. It's just too much information to load, you know. Ooh, yeah. Hey, you want to lose? You want to lose our Disney checks for the week? Sure. <laughs> what are we gonna complain about? No, apparently he got into a little bit of a, a kerfuffle with the Disney company. Uh, apparently, when when Disney sort of you know acquired the rights to Star Wars, he uh, he wasn't paid royalties. For uh, for ebook sales, I guess, and, and I mean it was resolved Ooh. fairly quickly, but um, yeah, uh, apparently there was some royalty issues there. Interesting. He, he's done a lot of Star Trek stuff too. Very funny. Yeah, in the Force Awakens novel, there we go. So they brought him back for the for. for it's like, hey, we know we had some issues, but like, would you like to novelize the Force Does this Awakens? Make up for it. Come on, bro. <laughs> It'll be super cool. Speaking of which, did you read that book? Because I have not. The Force No, 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 no. The only novelization I, I have written, uh, written, read, uh, was the um, was the Last Jedi because of uh, some of the extras that came in mm-hmm. that, and I, I think I was a little, you know, I mean, look, this isn't a. We're not talking about Last Jedi. But um, th- there were some some extras in that book that were I feel should have been included in the um, in the movie, including mm-hmm. especially a few Luke scenes. Well, yeah, Luke's <laughs> third lesson to Ray. So, mm-hmm. but the, the novelization was uh, was actually pretty good. I actually like the novelization better than the movie, which is like one of those classic book book elitist things, right? <laughs> 
Lord of the Rings all over again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and our, our narrator for this, if you were going audiobook, which was basically six hours, so shorter, which to be honest, sometimes is is good, especially considering our our schedules and whatnot. Although you you've had a little bit more time recently for uh <laughs> This week was a little bit more rough than usual, but I was very appreciative of it being a short book. Yeah. Especially with it not being abridged, actually getting the full book. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, but it was narrated by Alexander Adams, who, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny because we, we've, we've probably given a little bit too much crap to, like, Robert Petkoff and, um, and uh, oh, shoot. Who who is our who is our other Mark Thompson our mainstream guy yeah yeah Mark Thompson um you know kind of maybe listening to a little bit too much so it, it is always nice to get a different a different narrator from time to time and I'm I'm just kind of scrolling through some of his credits he's done a lot of like historical stuff like president books and he's got a really? he's got a nice one have a good voice for that I mean I enjoyed. His narration it was pretty good. Yeah, his audio was was definitely a little bit more compressed, I think, than the others. Uh, a little bit more um, trebly, just to just to talk a little bit about sound quality. But no, it was good. Oh, okay. So it looks like we're we're gonna get him in uh, uh, one of the new Jedi Order books. Oh, he's he's oh. done a couple of them. Interesting. Oh. So we've got, yeah, Rebel Dreams and uh, Dark Journey. Dark Journey, I think, was one of my favorite ones. We haven't got to that one yet. So we're going to hear more from him in the future of, uh, of Star Wars books once we get back into the New Jedi Order, which uh, is probably on hold for a little bit. We're, like I said, we're... we're At least till Kenobi's done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, uh, of course, Kenobi, being a limited series, won't last uh, f- for very long. But... Um, but yeah, we'll we'll obviously be running through that. So, I suppose before we kind of jump into the to the meat of the podcast here, how's your week been? Uh, not too bad. Had my final interview and drug test for my new job, mm-hmm. and jumping more into web development every day. Mm-hmm. It's been a good week. Pretty short. Uh, have Friday off for first ultrasound, so looking forward to that, mm-hmm. and then. This weekend, we'll be celebrating both our birthdays. Hopefully, you guys will be able to make it. Let's smoke some food and yeah. have a good time. Very cool. Yes, yes, we will certainly be down. Yeah, this. Uh, I don't know. What have, what have we done? Uh, well, we went to the, um, the symphony, the uh, mm-hmm. orchestral performance at the Ohio Theater where we saw the full screening of Empire Strikes Back uh, with um, a full orchestra playing the music of the movie. And that was... Yeah, which was epic. Yeah. The, uh, the orchestra, it was, it was interesting. They were, they, were, they were very good. They were very subdued, uh, almost sort of naturally compressed. It was, it was kind of interesting. It, it is they interesting. They blended in more than I expected. What's that? They blended in more than mm-hmm. I expected. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super obvious if you weren't looking yeah. that you were listening to it live, which is good and bad, I guess, but yeah, very professional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. V- very, very professional. But it was, um, you know, Ohio Theater, pretty fun place to go. Uh, so uh, good show. Yeah, mm-hmm. Definitely a bummer that we missed the intro. <laughs> uh, yeah, we... Scrolling credits. 
Yeah, we, we left uh, a little bit late and then had to contend with uh, with parking and then walking over. So, yeah, we, we missed um, just basically the, the beginning credits, uh, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I mean, that kind of stinks. But um, so, yeah, aside from that, uh, I mean, the rest of the weekend was mainly just uh, painting cabinets at the house. Yeah. So I did that. Yeah, we we celebrated Mother's Day, had everyone over again, cooked a little bit and mm-hmm. didn't do a whole lot. Honestly, it's funny. Uh, jokingly, no one else will get this, but you can appreciate it. All the seating in that house where we hosted and they all decided to just set up lawn chairs and sit right in the driveway. All the mothers mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like 20 couches and 30 bar stools in this house. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is normally how it goes. But, um, and then I uh, also went and saw the the Doctor Strange movie, the, uh, what was it, Something of Madness, Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness, yep. Didn't really care for it, if I'm being really? honest. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't... I've been hearing it's got a, like, a horror dark vibe to it. Um, yeah, that was, uh, th- that was fine. That was, that wasn't a bad, bad thing. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, uh, because as we release this, it's still fairly into it. We're not really a Marvel podcast, but yeah, wasn't, um, what wasn't, wasn't my, wasn't my favorite. There were, there were reasons for that. Um, messing up our Disney checks. That's more and more. That is what it is. But I mean, it, I suppose it was interesting, but it didn't, it didn't really, uh, yeah, it just didn't really impress me all that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I've heard some... I've been very burnt out with Marvel lately, so I don't even know where to jump back in at this point. I don't think that would be it. Oh, uh, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I mean, I, I don't catch... I don't catch all of it. Uh, it's difficult because they just come out with so much. I mean, I watched Moon Knight, and that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Short. Mm. Short series. But, um, yeah, what is that, like six episodes? I think so, five? yeah. Yeah, it was like six, yeah. something like that. But, um, but yeah, Oscar Isaacs starring as, as Moon Knight, Mark Spector, and uh, Stephen Grant, and another mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> um, Some guy who was my favorite, but not enough to remember his name. Well, he didn't have a name. <laughs> It was the third personality that they didn't name in this season, and I don't know anything about Moon Knight, really. I know nothing about that character. That's a that's a completely different one. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've heard people say good and bad about the Strange movie. Um, I, I just wasn't really on. I wasn't really on board as as much. And uh, yeah, me. I know it's like the most anticipated one in the past couple years for sure. I, I know why. <laughs> I, I understand why people were anticipating it. And, uh, I, I mean, well, it's not really a secret because it did come out about the whole, you know, tie-in with the Illuminati. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just seeing alternate uh, versions of uh, some of the, the classic superheroes and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it could have been better. <sighs> Could have been better. I mean, it was fine, but it could have been better. So many nerds are screaming at you right now. I don't so care. Many. I mean, <laughs> there are plenty of people who like and dislike and everything. 
all I have to say is is that they they tend to kill off the characters that I actually like, you know. Because <laughs> I hey look, this might be controversial, but I stopped liking Captain America along the way. They all Captain mm-hmm. America. I kind of stopped caring about Captain America. I was always an Iron Man guy. Yeah, as far as Marvel here. goes. Uh, there you go, another one they killed off mm, for you. Oh yeah, they killed they <laughs> killed him off, and, and they killed off Black Widow and gave her kind of a subpar movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense, but the, the Black Widow movie was not it was not great either. It, it was it had its good parts, but it wasn't. I it, I thought it could have been better, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, old uh, Hawkeye's still out there doing things. There was a joke yeah. about Hawkeye in the in the Doctor Strange movie. Something about like, yeah, the the guy with a mohawk with a bow or something like that you know just being really (laughs) flippant about it so anyway could have been better but um i'm sure that there's some people who really enjoyed it so there you go yeah 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 on to other disney topics of course i guess you can't even call this disney seeing as how it was 20 years ago (laughs) Uh, no no not 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 really Uh, i guess is this still considered canon though uh, I think this is actually Legends as it sits currently. I don't see why they wouldn't. I guess other than just deeming it unimportant. It is Legends, yeah. Let's see how that would mess with anything else. Uh, well, the only thing that I guess you could potentially think about a little bit, and this is just kind of going into the novel a bit, is we we have um, Barris Offie, right? Mm-hmm. And Barris Offie, we we meet later, and in Clone Wars, as kind of a counterpart to Ahsoka. And in this book, she's more of a counterpart toward for for Anakin, who is seemingly played very very young here, very true. very young, very, true. very young Padawan. Yeah. And I guess that sort of age mechanism there might make not as much sense, I guess, to some people, possibly. That, that's true, even though there is obviously an age gap between Barris and Ahsoka. So, but they, like you said, they don't really address that in Clone Wars. So that, that could kind of mess that up, I suppose. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Barris was still a Padawan in Clone Wars, right? Um, was she made a knight? I think. Do we only see her once, or is there multiple? I feel like we see her more than once, and she was still a Padawan when we first meet her, but was a knight by the end. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong there, but yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, first, I'm gonna hit the cannon button here. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's get into cannon here a little bit. Uh, okay, she so was only like twenty-one when she died during Order sixty-six. So, so she 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 did wind up reaching Jedi Knight status. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a Padawan under uh, Luminara and Dooley. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a very underrated Jedi. Actually, both of them I feel like are a bit underrated due to their power levels. Yeah, I mean, at least in canon, the the whole thing that they kind of uh, they kind of mention here was 
you know, as a Padawan, she struck up a friendship with Ahsoka. So I, I think that that's kind of maybe where a little bit of rewriting went as opposed mm-hmm. to being a Padawan who was, you know, interacting with Anakin. I, effectively, they're flexing her age a little bit, it seems like. Sure, sure. So, and I guess that that kind of makes sense. It, it, I don't know about you, but like one of the things here, just as we sort of, you know, get into the very, very, um, very early stages is it was a little jarring to have Anakin at this point being not inept, but not, not really kind of the natural that we sort of associated him with. It seemed like his characterization here is he is a great fighter, but not much else. Fair. Yeah, I mean, he's honestly, he's pretty annoying in this book, I feel like. And I would agree with your statement. The way they portray him as far as interacting with not not so much the other Jedi, but well, I guess to some extent, but but more like the the diplomatic side of things. Diplomacy is definitely not his strong suit in this book. It's mm. kind of annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it also it also kind of uh, plays up the the sort of sense that other Jedi had of Anakin maybe not going very well. And even with yeah. Obi-Wan here, there's a part in the book where Obi-Wan seems to even doubt Anakin a bit as well, which to be honest, to me seems a little bit out of character for what we've gotten more in Canon, even though almost to the point where Obi-Wan just sort of almost deceived himself at times. Right. Right. Yeah. Because at one point he even mentions like, well, I'm kind of stuck training him because I promised my master. I want to vindicate his opinion of the boy essentially. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I, I could see why this was struck off of the canon list. However, really the reason why we chose it is, one, it has Obi-Wan Kenobi on the cover, but also because seemingly it was rated reasonably highly. I mean, I've heard of this book before. I've never read it until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've, uh, I mean, we kind of say that He's just a part of the book, but essentially he's the one that saves the day by the end of this book with his idea. Very true. Near the end, so. Well, they, they give, uh, they kind of give uh, Barris, Bar- 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 I can't speak apparently, uh, Barris and Luminara more of a kind of a central role. Yeah, for sure. In this book, I would say. But, uh, yeah, towards the end, obviously, Obi-Wan kind of comes in clutch uh, for sure. So I guess if we would just want to kind of dive in here and and just get to uh, get to get to talking. um, We are centered around one planet, our planet of Anceon, which is considering secession. So they're mm-hmm. they're considering whether they want to stay with the Republic or secede and kind of join our motley crew of planets um, that are effectively being controlled by Count Dooku. Uh, well, you know, I mean, a little bit of little bit of Palpatine, but through the mouthpiece of of Dooku. 
Yeah, yeah, which we even get a little tiny spotlight for Dooku, which, <laughs> by the way, probably some of the worst voice acting ever in Audible. Did you think this was Dooku? No. When he's talking at the end? No. He didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Kind of, um, however, uh, if I'm thinking about it, though, so when, when did we say this this book had came out? 2002? Mm-hmm. And Attack did of the we... Clones came out when? Four? Uh, okay, so no, it was, it was May 2002. This book came out. I just had that up. Just had it up. I'm uh, January. Yeah, so in that regard, you could say that they didn't have a characterization of Count Dooku's voice yet. Very true. Very true. So was the audible recorded around the same time though? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I have no idea actually. Did they date yeah, that? I don't, I, I don't know. Uh Good I don't know. Question. I'm I'm sure they say it somewhere Publication, okay, so it would have been the year after. It says publication date, January 1st, 2003. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me actually click back in the audio, the audible. January, oh, no, uh, January 23rd, 2007. Yeah, so he should have known better. So, yeah, just laziness. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Just laziness. So, um you're, you're going to, I think one important thing we kind of discussed before we sort of jumped on here, and I think it bears repeat. I found this book a little bit hard to, to follow, if I'm just being honest with you. I agree 100%. Yeah. And I'm not, again, this isn't like early criticism or anything like that, but it, it did feel a little hard to follow. So some of the sequence of events, I'm probably going to get mixed up a bit, which is weird. Because and I won't be able to help you much with it. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's fine. And we can give kind of general impressions in a, in a couple, of different, couple of different parts. But effectively, um, you know, Barris and, and, and Luminara are already on the planet. And they are effectively under attack at points. We have our uh, hut. Uh, let's see. What? Uh, Sorg? I don't remember how they pronounce it in the audiobook. I Soerg? was just listening to this like two hours ago, too. I'm going to call him Soerg the Hut. Uh, and this yeah. apparently was, I believe, the first, uh, the first mention of this, uh, of this particular hut. But we have we have kind of these huts sort of working alongside with the separatists and effectively, and we get a little bit more of this as the book continues and really towards the end where this is business for the huts really, but they Mm -hmm. are trying to influence the, was it the council of unity or the unity of something? Uh, Unity of community or some community of unity or so, it was something like that. It, it felt kind of cheesy. One of those for sure. But yeah. um, we we had probably unity council. I, uh, I don't know. We'll just call it that. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we have our hut who is kind of trying to push the council or this this unity whatever 
in the direction of secession. And that's kind of in, in their business mind, the, the right thing to do. And there are even some corrupt members, well, in quotations, corrupt members, but members who also want to uh, secede. But this brings into sort of more of the interesting thing for me about this planet is that it is very tribal and it mm-hmm. is very split tribally. So there's a ton of different tribes. There's like nomadic tribes. There's, you know, random roaming tribes or city tribes. There's, you know, there, there's a lot of different tribes of, of these uh, particular folks. And really kind of the mission here becomes, well, we've got to start to unite some of these factions so that as a whole they can agree because if we only let effectively one tribe speak for the planet, they're going to wind up getting out of the Republic. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and dealing with these tribes based on all of their uh, tendencies. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of these are pretty dim-witted mm. creatures mm-hmm. for the most part, even to the point where like some of them have mental like diagnosable mental issues that we have to deal with in the story. And yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit for sure. We have our super annoying, what was his name? Tukey. Tukey. Well, he, he wasn't of the planet. He was like some other thing. Oh, was he? Alien thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Basically this book's Jar Jar Binks. Yes. Only honestly, I think the dialect was worse for Tukey than Jar Jar. Yeah. Kind of, kind (laughs) of was. But, um, so anyway, the Hutt's plan is basically to kidnap Barris mm-hmm. for some reason, I guess leverage maybe. And they do. <laughs> this succeeds. Yeah. And, yeah. and this was probably one of the more interesting parts. So the Hutt's plan is to send two of the planetary folks uh, who have like, basically traumatic brain injuries effectively mm, they fell off this creature at a young age and like lost eyes and broke their backs and really messed up their heads in the process yeah, it's kind of sad it, honestly it's it's very sad but the the i guess the point is is that which doesn't make a lot of sense having a scattered mind would somehow distract the jedi so that they wouldn't know what's coming is that a thing? I mean, I guess if you link with a creature and they are scattered themselves, if you're melded with them, like I've, my interpretation of that would be like you would have to be actually melding minds, like touching each other and everything. Just being around them, to me, it, w- it wouldn't make sense mm-hmm. why that would affect you that much. It seemed like it was almost ca- categorized like a spidey sense. You know, it's like, yeah, We're going to take away yeah. their spidey sense by m- sending crazy people after them. Okay. Which, by the way, these people are so disposable that they have uh, little detonators planted in the base of their skull. It's, again, really sad characters. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the hut does, does implant some explosives, and they have to check in every so often yeah. by calm. But anyway... Ba- and why would you agree to this? Even if you have mental issues. Because like, they have mental this? issues. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Why not? They're crazy. So. There's the first attack. Right. 
And it's a failed attack by this hut's major domo, which I don't remember his name. I don't Bolgan or something like that. Yeah, Bolgan sounds right. No, no, no. It's not. It's it's something with an ogre in it. Um maybe if I stare at this list of names long enough, I'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> These names just kind of all go together. So I want to say like Ogre Mile, but I think that Ogre Miles Meyer's like a thing in like World of Warcraft or something. <laughs> oh, Ogamore. That's Ogamore. Ogamore. And this this is um Is Bogor one of the two that like kidnap Ferris? So there's Bolgan. Bolgan was Bulgan. one of them. Yeah, they all had somewhat similar names, but Ogamore was the it, major domo to the mm-hmm. uh to the hut. And not particularly a smart major domo either. Eh, not really. The other ones we've seen. Yeah, not really. But his first attack fails by effectively using the mercenaries. And so then we get the kidnapping plot, which actually does work. And it's kind of goofy in a way. Um, but the first attack is actually thwarted by the entrance of Obi-Wan and Anakin, who arrive mm-hmm. two days early uh, to the planet. And they sense danger, they help out. And it was even sort of implied that it's possible that Luminara and Bar- Barris couldn't have couldn't have dealt with these folks. Kind of kind of punks out Luminara a little bit. Honestly, I other than a few very small sections, I feel like they could have dealt with everything that happened on their own except for Obi-Wan's plan. Mm-hmm. Truthfully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't get this. I, I get I get what you're saying. Now to be fair, it is it is said a lot that like, you know, a Jedi even at the height of training can only last so long in battle, you know. And this is like this is kind of how the clones were able to, you know, defeat the Jedi in, in Order sixty six is they just shot them a ton, yeah. <laughs> and eventually, yeah, eventually a bolt would get past, and then you know you'd lose you'd lose your focus and everything. So. A Jedi. Except for Yoda on the opening screen, the menu screen for Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But basically, they can't only last for so long, but it just sort of seemed a little bit like, eh, I mean, okay, whatever. Let's keep it moving. You got to get Obi-Wan and Anakin in here, and they're able to deal with the first wave. However, we get to you know, the shopping plaza and Barris just has to go look at stuff and mm-hmm. then get sprayed in the face with gas. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. I, I guess we keep finding more reasons why they decantize the book. Um, she's kind of extremely immature in this compared to even in clone wars. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, very young. Yeah. Very young. She's uh, prone to like major bouts of aggression, and at least near the end of the book, and mm-hmm. yeah, she just—it's it, ironic that they keep judging Anakin in this book because it's like eh, she's she's cool, but like she's not doing a whole lot better necessarily in this. No, and one of the things that they both had kind of had mentioned about them was, well, there was one part where Anakin. You know, it's like, ah, uh, the, the wow, shoot, what was it? The, the force isn't like armor. You have to constantly call on it. You have to live in it. You know, you have mm-hmm. to effectively feel it uh, all the time. 
uh, you can't just, you know, wait for it to tell you what to do type of thing. Right. Which is, which is interesting because it, it's a pretty stark contrast to the high Republic where they are actually driven more by the will of the force. Whereas here it, it begins in this era where the Jedi are truly using the force mm-hmm. as opposed to living with the force, which is, you know, kind of the, the Qui-Gon thing where he's like trying to get more in touch with the living force living in the moment Mm -hmm. as opposed to constantly trying to bend the will of the force to them. If only Qui-Gon could have restarted the Jedi order. (laughs) If he could have survived. Well, I don't know. Probably would have went better than it did for Luke. Possibly. (laughs) You would have had to really cleaned house and everything. Yeah. But, uh, so Barris is captured and she's, what the hell was this sack thing? It was like the unbreakable sack. It's like now we're crossing into Harry Potter. We put an unbreakable spell on it. She can't possibly get out of my sack. It's force proof. It's force proof. That was a little <laughs> bit weird. Um, now, the interesting thing is we actually deal with our two thugs kind of like quickly and yeah. very, very just quickly. It was all just very quick and easy. It's kind of. I don't want to say awkward, but some of the dialogue in it, even though obviously they have mental issues, so they're going to kind of talk strangely. But like the way they get to deal with the second guard, it's just kind of comical in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, th- this highlights Barris's, um her uh, like healing ability. Mm-hmm. And th- th- this was actually something I thought a little bit about this because all the Jedi... I mean, Jedi weren't really meant to be warriors, so to speak. They just are. Um, But most of the Jedi have some secondary skill or interest. Like, you know, in Master and Apprentice, we had Qui-Gon being very studious in the library. Like Obi-Wan, little Obi-Wan's like, oh, God, another book. (laughs) Qui-Gon, I don't want to read more books and practice the same forms over and over. Um but in this case, Barris is uh, is a healer, mm-hmm. and in turn, she's a bit of a physician, knowing a lot about the anatomy of the people of this world. Kind of, kind of brings up a question. Try not to get too off topic here, but like the the Jedi of this era actually had resources that I won't say much about the High Republic, but like Luke never got really to be as lucky as them imagine what kind of healer he could have been if he had been able to train all of his young adult life as a physician like barris got to i mean the potential that he could have reached if he had all this free time to focus on studies heck maybe ben solo could have lived <laughs> Ooh. he could have he could have healed That's ray harsh. and lived and they could have had little 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 babies and all the fan fictions would have been just their little minds would have been blown little Raylo one two and three God. <laughs> yeah no that's that's an interesting part uh for sure but barris notices there's something off about these these uh these mm-hmm. two little scoundrels little scamps and uh she fixes one of them um and then he starts talking like he's sophisticated, and it freaks out his buddy. Yes. Oh, 
You have fixed me. My God, I have li I've lived so much of my life without my brain, and now I have it back. I can't thank but you my enough. My God, could you fix my discs? My back is terrible. It's like, thank you for fixing my brain. I very much appreciate it. I can think a lot now, but the rest of my body is in constant pain. L3, <sighs> could you please at least adjust L3? I know you can do it with the force. <laughs> yeah, th this was kind of a weird one, though, for me, to be honest with you. Like, healing's one thing. Barris is effectively, like, rewiring these, these two folks' brains. Kind of comes dangerously close to brainwashing in a way kind of that gets kind of uncomfortable to think about so i i'll choose not to <laughs> i, I don't know how, it, I, I think that's how you know this book has convinced me that's how the jedi get their funds for the temple they're all brain surgeons oh they'll make ridiculous amounts of money doing brain surgery on the side See, I don't know if I've ever heard of this specific power before. I mean, healing, yes, but this is this is more I mean, these these two have lived with this stuff for a while. It's not recent. You know, so it's become kind of a part of their makeup and she's just completely healing them back to normal. Yeah. Well, it kind of makes you wonder if it's and I'm going to going to tell you now I won't remember his name, but we have Oh, is it Emery from High Republic who's able to kind of mess with your mood in a way? I think kinda it was Emery, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if it's the same type of power. Like, is he manipulating, like rewiring your brain to make you happy temporarily? Like, I, I, I feel like that's more of just sending out positive vibes, bro. You know, he's just sending out vibes. all his positive positive vibes to the homies whereas this one is like you know this is like complicated brain surgery stuff mm -hmm. in a matter of seconds right she she describes it as like was it one neuron not making the path is essentially what's causing all of this mm. and she just has to link that one and oh, everything's good yeah it <laughs> seemed a little bit too op for me if i'm just being yeah. honest Especially at that point, it's like, so could you just shut off a few neurons and kill anyone instantly? Mm. Do you have to be touching them? Could you just do that to like a group of 10 assailants? Yeah, exactly. Are you the god of the force? <laughs> <laughs> Are you Abeloth? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it and, and this, I would call it advanced force power in a person who seemingly can't do much else at this point yeah we even a little bit further along she's like super nervous about her little choreography like she's worried she's gonna cut her leg off mm -hmm. it's like you're that non-proficient with a lightsaber but you can do this mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know it's, it's a little bit weird yeah and it could just be a confidence thing confident in this not in the others i suppose but Anyway, she fixes our two thugs, and then they join the crew. Yeah. Life debt. Life, right, yeah, you know. life debt. Life <laughs> debt. Life debt. Um, so we do get back to our, to our group of friends, and this is where I start to get a little murky on the plot, I'm going to be honest. Um, but effectively, our Jedi 
have to go out into the, we'll call it the waste. I don't remember exactly what the phrase they use to make peace with, um, with one of the tribes out there. Mm-hmm. And they go. <laughs> How lame is that? This recap is brought to you by. Uh, so, so they go out and um, they meet a sentry, you know, just somebody out riding and like, yeah, hey, our leaders will greet you. Oh, sweet. That, that's all we need. It's like, no. I mean, this is just it, like politeness. It's bare minimum. Yeah. Like, we have to do this. <laughs> yeah, and not to rush us too far along, but getting through sort of the minutia, it is an agreement is struck that the Jedi will help this tribe defeat their perennial antithesis and their other tribe so that they can reign supreme and to the astonishment of all obi-wan's like yeah sure yeah we'll help you wink wink deal with them um but yeah you you had kind of mentioned is about to smack him at this point that's true (laughs) that's that yeah that is kind of true um but this was a little bit before that the agreement was reached they had to be tested for their truthfulness and this is where you got their little presentations which i don't think this writer really cared that much about (laughs) Because he really yeah. didn't describe them at all. Right. You know, Luminara did like a sand dance. Oh, she, come on. She made glass and gems. I mean, Which that's sure. not how you make gems, but that's fine. She threw some sand up. She let some sand roll and then she made stuff out of it. Yeah. Good job. It's cool. Yeah. Barris did her, her little lightsaber display nearly whacking off her foot. Anakin sings. Yeah, that was something. That was super cringy. A little cringy. And then Obi-Wan tells a story. Yeah, it's great. Sick. And then, yeah, we'll help you, wink, wink, deal with your enemies. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I just, I feel like, I feel like the writer just maybe, maybe didn't feel there was a need to elaborate that, but it, it kind of seems like it could have been a kind of a, an epic thing, like tell the whole story. Like of Obi Wan's story, like make it up, right. like tell this whole thing, get us get us captivated, like maybe write one one bar, a couple bars of the song that Anakin sung, you know? Right, do something instead of being like, oh, I don't really remember any of the lyrics. <laughs> My mom used to sing it to me. I'm probably not singing the song anymore, but yeah. here it is. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of weird in that regard, but now they're trusted. And we're going to defeat the enemies, which uh, it's pointed out that they don't have heavy weaponry. They're only engaging with traditional weapons, swords, spears, bows, and some blasters. Uh, because by their own admission, and this actually brings up um, an old uh, episode of uh, Star Trek, the original series. Uh, I don't remember the name of the episode, but effectively they, they go to a planet and they're they're in their war. There's two warring factions, but instead of I think I mentioned this to you in another episode. I feel like, but anyway, so they they're just playing war games. The computers are simulating their war, but the people are you know that are marked as casualties actually commit effectively suicide by oh, going into yeah. vaporization chambers. And the crew of the Enterprise is actually a part of the casualty list, and they have to fight all this out, and they destroy their machines so that they actually have to talk. 
Well, mm-hmm. in this case, we're going to war, but effectively it winds up being a three-tiered war. So you have our two sides, but the Jedi are like, well, we're not fighting for you. They are effectively fighting, fighting for the planet, essentially. Yeah. And they wind up fighting both tribes without hurting or killing anybody, only basically taking out their weapons. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan's plan here is to get them talking. This is the whole Mm -hmm. thing. You guys have to talk. There are things bigger than this little conflict of yours, and it's got to stop. And kind of through their both of the tribes' mutual annoyance, they actually wind up doing it because they're kind of annoyed by the Jedi in a way. Right. Yeah, they just kind of want to get rid of them and get back to their day-to-day, yeah. essentially. It's like, well, we can make war later. Let's just deal with the Jedi plan, then we'll we'll kill each other later. Sick. Okay. Right. See you at Mom's for spaghetti tomorrow, right? All right. They couldn't even agree on a spot to host the next meeting without getting into a fight, which yeah. I thought was pretty hilarious. Yeah, it is kind of funny. And we didn't really elaborate why they're fighting either. It's kind of the point where maybe they don't even know anymore. It's just a tribal honor and power thing more mm. than anything. I don't think they really explain it very well. No, no, I would say they don't either. Well, so we have secured these two tribes here uh, with a piece. And it's kind of a race back to town to get the word back to their council to stop stop them from seceding from the Republic. Mm-hmm. However, they're thwarted. Comms are down. Comms are down. Oh, no. Yeah, they stop in a little inn. Uh, the comms are down, being jammed. And Which, by the way, is, is just great that, like, this is a realistically something someone of that tier of criminal would be able to do in our reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they can't in that reality. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, comm systems are so stupid in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, they, they certainly can be. But um, then we basically just get fighting in the street. The Hutt's forces mm-hmm. are, you know, attempting to stop the Jedi. And the Jedi are trying to make their short jaunt to the council chambers to report on what they what they have. Yeah. Uh, which they do. <laughs> they make I just it. Imagine, I imagine this entire sequence is like playing through Streets of Rage. Just like going through <laughs> Beat em each ups. neighborhood and every little sidewalk. <laughs> oh, more generic enemies. Quick, Anakin, eat the turkey. The, the what? Eat the turkey. It will revive your health. What, the, a turk? Yes, just like sit on it, like you're you're pawning it, noob. It's fine. Pawn that turkey. Why did you, Barris? Why did you pick up another lead pipe? You have a lightsaber. Barris, stop taking the bags of money. It. We all need those evenly distributed for later. I need all the one-ups. I keep dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of the healer. No one's protecting the healer in the group. Oh God. Healer down, healer down. We need more tanks. Who's our tank? We need more who's tanks, tank? Barris. Not healers. Who who's our tank in this? Luminar, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. She can just make a, a shield wall of gems and glass from sand. There you go. <sighs> uh yeah, I, I mean the, the the battle didn't really seem all that um 
fraught with tension, if I'm being honest. Well, not after they just defended themselves against two literal warring factions. Like, well, yeah, they're going to get through Mm. a few thugs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, didn't didn't really make uh, very long work of that. Uh, We wind up at the council chambers and and uh, they agree to stay with the public. I mean, that that is what it is. They stay pretty with the public. anticlimactic. Yeah. Like the hut shows up, shoots his major domo. Who's like, he's got a recorder and he comes to like tell on everybody. Is, is that he what he was going to do? And then like, yeah. Was basically. that the gist? And I feel like they, it's like they voted with his steaming body still on the floor. Like, ah, we're just going to stay with the Republic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no time. There's no time to clear up the body. You must vote now. Please, let's just get this vote over with. The smell is terrible in here. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do find it kind of interesting, the, the conversation, though, that we already alluded to earlier between, between our hut and Barris, because Barris is like, she's angry. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's just business. You know, it's just like, I'm just trying to do the best business here. <laughs> Buddy lost. Yeah. Uh, God, what was up? What was after that? Was there anything much after that? Yeah, we have our, uh, our little final backstab from, uh, what's her name? What's her name? I just had her pulled up. What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Hold on. Come on. Where's the details? (laughs) Shumai. Shumai. Oh, the yeah, the Commerce Guild person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which we didn't really talk about her earlier. Not that there's a whole lot to bring up at this point, but she like facilitated all this. And it is it stated that she's the one that hired the hut to do all this. I yeah, I I think that was kind of the gist, kind of like Dooku Shumai hut sort of yeah. thing there. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's not really a lot to go over. She just basically has an argument with one of the other people who's in this secession pro group, and she throws them down like 16 flights of stairs, essentially. It's great. Yeah, I mean, that's there's really not much to the character. She just kind of facilitated the will of Dooku, so to speak. Mm. Now, I guess the only other interesting thing is this planet wasn't really consequential, but they kind of tried to use it as sort of a plot point of, you know, one crack will eventually widen, and as this planet falls, others will fall, which technically could be true. Small planet falls, other small planets could fall. Small planets lead to big planets or medium planets, medium planets, big planets, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and the way they tied it in with a bunch of other planets through treaties and mm-hmm. uh, brokering different deals was kind of interesting because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a very non-consequential planet for the most part, and then you find out, potentially how many more people could follow it in leaving. 
it it definitely does get kind of interesting. That's the politics thing. There there are a yeah. lot of people that do enjoy Star Wars politics, right? Yeah. I think I fall more into the politics with a lightsaber type of deal. Aggressive negotiations, mm-hmm. perhaps, <laughs> are a little bit more interesting to me than sort of the minutia. Because there were even a couple of times throughout the book where, you know, Luminara sort of says, you know, Barris doesn't really understand politics. Well, you know, mm-hmm. that's probably good. Right. Should a Jedi uh, ever worry about politics? Mm, they do. Honestly. They do a lot. We all know what happened to them. So, yeah. Exactly. Probably right. And really, at end of the day, it's really not even worth analyzing the politics to me because we know what happens. And right. I guess to some extent, it's interesting to see the decisions that led to the crumbling of the Republic, how democracy dies and all that. But like the thunderous applause. Because they're just kind of stupid. They're really stupid. All the governors and senators in Star Wars are really stupid. Easily influenced. Easily yeah. influenced by the minutia. And I, and I think that that's one of the kind of the lessons here. Um, <clears throat> the not so subtle lessons that most of these senators and so forth are more out for power mm-hmm. than for actually protecting their, their worlds. I mean, even like this isn't really a great example, but it is an example like with Palpatine. So Palpatine was of Naboo, but he also facilitated <clears throat> the trade federation blockading Naboo and creating right. the whole issue with episode one. And I can't say that that wouldn't have potentially been a plan for other senator ambitious senators of other planets when you think about it with how corrupt the the political system in in this era was so i i yeah politics corrupts and i i think that that's the broader point of star wars that perhaps a lot of people don't talk about enough because politics is boring yeah yeah well and it's it gets uncomfortable to bring up because you start, you know, connecting dots to little references to our own world, essentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. our own government. Uh, Star Wars does make a good example of that, I think. I think it it's may- not something that necessarily is the reason I want to watch or consume right. Star Wars content, but it, it's a good point. You know, I think it makes a subtle point which oftentimes wind up being better than glaring in your face. And, you know, I I also participate in a Star Trek podcast. These are the voyages, buddy chase and Eric and all that. Um, and we, we've talked a lot recently about the newer series being very, very blatant and in your face about their, their leanings now for good Mm -hmm. or bad, they're there front and center in your face. And sometimes those blatant reminders are always going to be a turnoff because they effectively negate any sort of debate or conversation about it because this is obviously bad. It's like, but you could analyze this and find goods and bads out of everything if you really think right. about it too much. Whereas in yeah. Star Wars, the, the, the intrigue is a little bit more uh, subdued, masked, um, in the background, but it's always there. 
you just don't have to be beat over the head with it because you have these laser sword wielders that are pretty darn cool. Right. And I mean, I, I think Star Wars has done a good job of not actually pushing an agenda one way or the other when it comes to portraying the senators of the Republic. Mm -hmm. It, it really just focuses on one simple thing. The law, the very subtle, slow loss of freedom and democracy out of fear, mm -hmm. fear of war, fear yep. of, uh, internal conflict. You know, I mean, essentially it's a civil war. So, well, it also brings up the, the kind of points of how much freedom are you willing to sacrifice for safety? And that yeah. was kind of what the empire uh, was about, was yeah. we will give you ultimate safety at the cost of effectively your privacy, your freedoms, and all of that. It, you, yeah. you will not truly be free. You will live within this, and we will keep you, in quotation, safe. Well, of course, that wasn't Palpatine's goal at all. He just wanted control. He's, he's right. evil. He's, he's the epitome of evil. He is a Sith. Yeah, and you could argue that the Empire really started when uh, emergency powers were given mm. to Palpatine. Well, you could even make you could even make uh, some arguments that you know, with as weak as Chancellor Valorum was, that you already had the cracks, perhaps mm -hmm. even without Palpatine, because you didn't have strong leadership, and you kind of let the Senate run roughshod. And uh, you, 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 there were no consequences effectively. I mean, think about the Trade Federation. Right. Trade Federation still ran. Newt Gunray became a patsy, which, I mean, he was technically the leader of the Trade Federation, right? But he became a bit of a patsy, and the Trade Federation continued because they were powerful. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, th there's, there's, there's a lot in there, but... It also helps that it was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So, Right. Long, long time ago where technology was amazing and people made the same stupid mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, we kind of get the rosy end of the book, so to speak. Planet stays. Obviously, there's sort of the looming threat, of course. But... Um, I, I guess the only other thing I'd really talk about here is is really Obi-Wan. So mm -hmm. Obi-Wan, throughout this book, even though he might not have been the main, main character, he was the constant. He was the backbone. He, I hate to say this because I don't really want to dog Luminara much, but L Luminara probably wouldn't have had the same outcome had you know, that Obi-Wan proposed. Am I being too bold no. in that? No, I, I would agree with that. And there are multiple times when they bring up the fact that Luminar is pretty uncomfortable with the situation or unsure of how to move forward and kind of leans on Obi-Wan through all of this to be the... Even though she's the Jedi Master at this point, and he's technically... Uh, she's listed as a Jedi Master in the character list. Okay. So that might just be her general status as of right now in Star Wars. I'm not sure. but See, that, that, was, that was actually another thing, because they did introduce themselves a little later on as knights. 
And oh, really? they called themselves masters only because they had Padawans, but not necessarily mm. I'm Jedi Master Luminara. This is Jedi Luminas Jedi blah, blah, blah. Jedi Master Luminara. I'm Jedi mm. Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. They kind of announced themselves as knights. Now uh, Luminara okay. was a master eventually. So is Obi-Wan considered a master. He was also a member of the council. Mm. Um, but, and, and again, I, I, I can't call it here because I think that some of that stuff was so flexed that it's kind of hard. I think that's a hard mm -hmm. thing to track for me at least, but it did kind of feel at the beginning of the book, Luminara was going to be the master and Obi-Wan was going to be the support. And then that flipped for me. Yeah. Very, quickly. very abruptly. Yeah. Here's a question. If Obi-Wan Kenobi led the Jedi Council instead of Mace Windu, do you think things would have been any different? I mean, seriously. Are you referring specifically to the Palpatine scene? Let, nope. Let's just say that Obi-Wan Kenobi was the leader of the council. It doesn't matter when. Just let's say he is, he is leader, uh, you know, I don't know, Mace Windu goes off on a force quest or some vision. He, Let's a, you know, a lizard crawl up his nose, Boba Fett style. And Yoda's like, hey, I'm going to go kill a couple million frogs on this cool swamp planet. I'll be back. You know, kind of like in High Republic where he just disappears. And let's just say Obi-Wan Kenobi steps up and he's like, you know what? I'm going to just be awesome. Do you think things could have been different? Well, yeah, I think one... You know, probably the first thing that would have been different is when Kiati Mundi suggested he be the one to attack Grievous. He'd be like, no, no, you can go fight Grievous. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but uh, no, in all honesty, I think so, because I think Obi-Wan would have tried to, even though he had carved his own path and beliefs, he would have tried to at least attempt to bring the council more towards the path of following the living force, you know, honoring Qui-Gon a bit more. Obviously, Qui-Gon and Mace had a very different opinion of the force. I mean, Mace Windu literally used the force as a tool mm -hmm. and had very little respect for it, I personally think. Uh, so I think Obi-Wan would have led the council down a different path. I think there's potential they could have not uncovered Sidious's identity, obviously, because of his force abilities, but uh, maybe investigated Palpatine just for how obvious he was. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, Yoda and Mace Windu just kind of ignored the fact that he was clearly playing both sides. Hmm. Before I give my opinion on that, then let's ask this question. So switch Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mace Windu on the balcony scene with Palpatine. Obi-Wan's force directing, he's directing the lightning back at Palpatine. Anakin's like, no, no, Master, no, Obi-Wan, we have to take him in. He's like, no, Anakin, we must destroy him. I have the high ground. I'm up on this step. <laughs> he's just up. I got this. He's just up on like Palpatine's uh, chair. <laughs> Anakin, how many times must I tell you? The high ground, high ground. always wins. Think, Anakin, think. <laughs> you are my brother. <laughs> I, seriously, so in that scene, do you think things would have went differently? 
Because the turning point is Anakin's turn, right? Do you think he would have been able to turn against Obi-Wan as he did with Mace Windu? I personally don't think so, because I think the whole point of that scene was an opportunity for Anakin to finally get back at someone who had treated him so poorly from day one. Mm -hmm. And it was quite fitting that they give the little snippets of that throughout the movies about how much disdain Mace holds for the fact that Anakin's even being trained, let alone could potentially be a master. Um, Well, let's see. Obi-Wan probably would have made him a master. Mm, Maybe. Unlike Mace, which would have given him access to the information he seeked to help Padme, which would have taken a lot of Palpatine's leverage away, I think, uh, in turning him. And also not setting him up in a position to get revenge on someone that he he hated, truthfully. So I would kind of lean towards Anakin not turning if Obi-Wan would have been in that room and had been the leader of the council. I personally think if Obi-Wan would have led the council, I don't know that much would have been different. And I only say that because I think the council was so fractured. I don't think that the Jedi of that era were as cool as people think they were. I think that they were shells of themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that they were blown out by effectively being warriors instead of living within the force more. I think that, you know, your pillars, Mace Windu and Yoda were so lost themselves that it was really difficult. We, we, if for any of you listening, if you haven't, if you haven't picked up Master and Apprentice and Dooku Jedi Lost, Mm -hmm. highly encourage you to do that. Some of the best Star Wars content, hands down. Hundred percent. And I think that both of those books, namely the Dooku, Dooku Jedi Lost, I think that that portrays the fracture of the Council the best. Yeah, um, and it actually portrays Dooku in a very sympathetic light. Like that book is emotional. You could one hundred percent get emotional. on Dooku's side, hundred yeah. percent. But I, I don't think necessarily if Obi Wan would have led the council, things would have been that different. Given given all the other pieces, I do think that if Obi Wan were in the room, things would have been different. I think if Yoda would have been in the room, things would have been different as well. But you're mm-hmm. right. I truly agree with you that the the catalyst for that was Mace Windu was the wrong guy to be there at that time. Because yeah. Mace Windu... You could even argue that Anakin would have been brought in to confront Palpatine potentially if it had been Obi-Wan and Yoda mm. instead, once he had given them that information. Mm-hmm. Possibly. 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 But you also did mention another thing about Padme, and I think, well, I mean, we've talked about this whole stuff before, but realistically, you know, one, Obi-Wan knew. He knew, and this was the cool part, I think, of the last season of Clone Wars, was that it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, Anakin, I know you totally knocked her up. (laughs) I know I'm still going to act like I don't know in Revenge of the Sith, but what's Revenge of the Sith? Don't worry about that. We'll get to that later. It's when you become a dick. <laughs> yes. Things will happen. Just remember, 
Take the low ground. Ignore everything I say. Just take from this point on. Take the low when ground. I, when I warn you of things, ignore me. If you feel like <laughs> jumping, just jump. It's good. Don't worry. Just, just go ahead and jump. Just jump around. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the the Padme thing. I I think Anakin was so driven by fear. The only thing that would have that would have. Um, dissuaded the fear is if the council would have acknowledged the relationship and been like, okay, well, fine. We're cool with this. I think if he, if you would have eliminated the fear, things would have been different, but the whole, the whole turning of Anakin was built upon fear. He was a, he was a kid who feared his entire life. He was Mm -hmm. bred upon fear. Um, but yeah, if Obi-Wan were leader of the council, I don't think much would have changed. If Obi-Wan were in the room with Palpatine and Anakin, I think things probably would have been different. Maybe. Yeah. And I guess that's mainly what I was focusing on. I wasn't considering like what would have happened post Palpatine scene. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and you know, you make a comment about how lost the Jedi were. I kind of, again, we're padding a book that doesn't have a lot left that we can talk about, sure. I guess, but. But it's, it's more content about Obi-Wan, so it's great. Um, were they truly Jedi? Honestly, when we actually start breaking it down fundamentally, like these Jedi we see from this era, were they really Jedi in anything but name? Mm-hmm. Or could you argue that they're just the same as other light side force wielding groups that had popped up throughout the millennia? I mean, it, it to me, from what I understand, mainly coming from things that Qui Gon has said and a few other gray Jedi, the beliefs that they would have, I, I don't feel like this era was filled with true Jedi Mm. in any way, Mm. shape, or form. Yeah. I think Obi-Wan was probably the closest living example um, by the time Revenge of the Sith rolled around, along with a few other people. But I don't know. Like you said, there's really not much to save at that point. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, it's 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 a lot. It's 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 a lot, but I think probably just to wrap up our book review. That's pretty much all we have to say, right, on the book. Yeah. Let's do a quick rating. What do you think out of five, and why? Out of five. Um I'll give it like a, I'll give it a three point, uh, that threshold between 3.9 and four is always kind of difficult for a book like this. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's a bad book. And to me, a 3.9 isn't necessarily a bad book, but there's nothing particularly special about it either. So even if I'm using this rating wrong, I'm going to say 3.9. It doesn't break into that next tier for me. Um, I don't know if it was because of the book or because of what I had going on while listening to the book, but it was kind of disjointed, I feel like, and kind of difficult to 
follow. The characters, along with the way they were voiced, uh, their names being similar and everything, it was hard to distinguish one from the other. The tribes were hard to distinguish. I... I hit these points where, like, I did not know which tribe was talking to our group, Mm -hmm. honestly. So, I mean, yeah, it's a decent tie-in to the movie. Um, Kind of makes Luminara seem a little bit less confident and capable than I think she truly is. Um, It makes Anakin look like a total dweeb personally i think inept unable to or incapable of talking to people yeah um and we don't get as much obi-wan as i'd like truthfully other than a few sections so yeah not a terrible book but it's nothing amazing yeah yeah i'm with you um yeah it was it was a little bit of a confusing read if i'm being honest um, it was, it was a fine sort of shortish story, uh, kind of showed Obi-Wan being Obi-Wan different categorization or characterization of, uh, Barris and Anakin kind of nerfed Luminara a little bit. Um, It was just kind of a midland story. It could have been better. It could have been worse. Could have had more detail in some places uh, that would have maybe helped things out a little bit. Also felt like a fairly told story. Like I've heard this story before type of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know... I, I I wonder if we would have had this podcast back then, if it would have been, you know, we've been kids, but if we would have had this podcast back then, would things have been a little different? You know, the tie in mm-hmm. and everything, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm going to go lower, I would say, probably quite a bit lower. Uh, just in the rating. Let me see. What's our good old Goodreads again? 3.49. Just under 5,000 ratings. I would say I'm actually more in the 3.2 range. Ooh, hi. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not... I probably wouldn't read it again. I probably wouldn't be into revisiting it again. Um, okay. And I think some of the characterizations of the characters was just not good enough for me. Uh in what we got later. And I'm judging this based upon years later uh, with a lot of other media, probably coloring Mm -hmm. the opinion a bit, but at least it give us a little bit of a fun little talking point there towards the end. So that's, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes the lack of content is the best part. It brings up topics that we wouldn't necessarily make a video about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's pretty much the book review there. What do we have next week? What's 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 next week's topic about? Do you uh, remember? Do we have our comic next week? I don't know. Let me look it up. <laughs> so so technically, this was uh, we did switch some things around a bit. Um, we were supposed brotherhood. to be approaching storm on the twenty third. So yeah, was the brotherhood next? Yeah the the new brotherhood book. 
um, which just came out this, or uh, no, it was this week. It was a couple days ago. That's why we switched it up because there was going to be not enough time mm-hmm. for us to for us to get this in. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's look this bad boy up. Mike Chen. Star Wars Brotherhood, yeah, it was released on the 10th. We are recording this on the 11th, so it was literally released yesterday. We would have had a day. Uh, yeah. The audio, oh boy, the audio book went up 12 hours, 45 minutes. Not one there's of our longest no ones, though. No, but in a day, there's no way. No. A <laughs> uh, bit more expensive audio book. I, I seem to remember when I pre-ordered this, it was in the 20s. Right now, it's 30.63 for the audio book. That's an expensive audio book. Credits. <laughs> yes. This is what I like spending them on. <laughs> now, let's see what the jacket says on this. The Clone Wars have begun. Uh, battle lines are being drawn throughout the galaxy. With every world that joins the Separatist, the peace guarded by the Jedi Order is slipping through their fingers. Uh, you know, maybe I should try and do this in the, in the Clone Wars series voice. The Clone Wars have begun. Battle lines are being drawn throughout the galaxy. With every world that joins the Separatists, the peace guy can't even do it. That's not even the right voice. It's been a while since I've watched Clone Wars. Get back to operating your destroyer. Come on now. Uh, (laughs) After explosion devastates Canto Nymordia, Jewel of Trade Federation, Republic is blamed. Uh, So it looks like a little sabotage on Nymordia. Republic is being blamed. Jedi dispatch Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the Order's most gifted diplomatic minds, to investigate the crime. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah, we're going to be on Nymoidia, and... Oh, Asajj Ventress is going to make a little uh, little appearance here. Oh, hey, that was Ooh. one other thing that I, I didn't mention. Um, why is it that Obi-Wan is just such a ladies' man? Because, like, even in this, like, Luminar is <laughs> like... You know, she likes his little smile, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody's oh everybody loves Obi-Wan. Right. It's just a ladies' man. He is a ladies' man. Um <laughs> also apparently in this book, Anakin uh does rise to Jedi Knight, so this is when he's kind of made Jedi Knight. Yeah, there's some mention in the description about the uh the rising friction kind of between them as he realizes he's on almost equal footing with the man that raised him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which clearly he was not. Well, he that was on lower footing. Yeah. That's his, that's his, um, <laughs> unfortunate, uh, <clears throat> uh, hubris kicking up mm-hmm. there. Uh, Hey, by the way, Jonathan Davis is our narrator for this, uh, for this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the force mm-hmm. unleashed, uh, master and apprentice. He did Master and Apprentice, so pretty mm-hmm. sick. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be our narrator. No Mark Thompson, no Robert Petkoff. Oh, no. What will we do? Mm. No idea. Look, we, we do love Mark Thompson and Robert Petkoff. Sometimes you just have to switch up those voices. It's it's nice nice to have a switch. But yes, Which, after... by the way, this uh, appears to be... Is this this his first Star Wars book? No, I just said his. No. no. Oh, you're talking about the author? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, I was like. It looks like it. It's like I literally just told you that the narrator (laughs) narrated other stuff. Are you dumb? Are you stupid? (laughs) But no, no. So he has five titles total on Audible. Looks like this will be his first venture into 
the wars in the stars. I feel like we talked about that a little bit last week as well when we looked them up. But yeah, so this will be kind of like, this is major, major stuff. And you know what? It's good to get new people in. It's good to get new people in. Absolutely. As much as we've dogged High Republic with some of, well, I mean, like Claudia Gray in there, Justina oh. Ireland, like some of these names that have been writing a lot recently. I don't know, man. Sometimes it's cool to get some new, some new blood in there. So yeah, I'm exactly. down. I'm down. I'm hoping it's good, but that's what we're going to do next week. And then after that is the Kenobi series start episodes one and two will release uh, Friday, the 27th. Uh, and we will, of course, the following Monday have it out like normal. We're not rushing to the, we're not rushing to get these things out. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll release them on our normal release schedule. But yeah, uh, I'm actually looking forward to this. We haven't had a show to look forward to in a while. And mm-hmm. it's nice to, you know, obviously with the books, we typically only get one read in before recording. Yeah. It's nice to get a couple of watches in, catch all the things we might have missed, maybe digest a little bit of the Easter egg content mm-hmm. and everything to really talk about it. I love going through the shows like this. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, like the, the listens always tack up for shows. People yeah. do love the show content. Um, yeah. So I, which I, I totally 100% understand. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it, folks. So make sure to follow us on all the socials at TC Plan Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Uh, you can, of course, listen to the show wherever you're currently listening to it from. I think we're we're pretty much posted everywhere by now. Um, and of course, if you'd like to interact, just send us an email, tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any thoughts or theories on, on this book or next week's book or the Kenobi series, any theories you want to just have us expound upon, we will, but you got to write us, but that's the only way we know because we don't have, you know, like force abilities that just allow us to read your mind over long distances. That's right. Or change your minds. Yeah, make you, you know, we can be very persuasive. In less pain. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, folks, I think that is it for now. So you guys have a good rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you. <laughs>